The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And welcome to another mini episode of the Pride of Detroit podcast, the POD cast. We are bringing you extra coverage here during the month of November to celebrate our November charity drive in which we raised over $7,000 for the Prostate Cancer Foundation, currently raising money for rain. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the co-host of this mini podcast. And with me, as always, for these co-host special streams, Ryan Matthews is here at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? I'm crispity, crunchity, and peanut buttery. How are you? I'm better than that, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so every every week we've been giving you some special interviews with Lions players. Lions players are on a short week this week, so tough to get one. But we have got something I would argue might be even better because we've been talking a lot of facial hair. We've been creeping up to the NFL draft. And what better way to combine awesome mustaches an NFL draft talk than to bring back our old friend, Kent Lee Platty at math bomb on Twitter. You can find him at pro football network. Kent, welcome back, buddy. How you doing? Great, man. Glad to be back hanging with you guys. Oh man. So, so glad to see you talk to you. And, uh, and as, as, as hesitant as I am to get into draft talk, I think you are going to ease that transition for me a little bit better. <laughs> I can talk about it all day, man. You ain't got to say much. <laughs> that, you know what? That is exactly why we... That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly why you're here as well. And listen, I, I guess we got to start with quarterbacks, right? Like, it, it's the big topic in Detroit. They're, they need a quarterback of the future. Um, Jared Goff is clearly not going to be that guy. He might still be on the team next year, but we know the Lions are at least going to be thinking quarterback heavily in this draft. So I guess let, let's start as who, who's your number one guy and why? So it's 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 went back and forth a couple of times at the beginning of the season, but Matt Coral from Mississippi has pretty much cemented himself as the top guy for me. He's got really, really strong athleticism, a fantastic arm, um, very accurate when he throws uh, in rhythm, very good at developing a rhythm, um, almost perfect going to his first three. Uh, there's a lot of risk involved with all of the quarterbacks in this class. And, and uh oh. We Are may we have losing Kent? hearing about oh <laughs> maybe. 
He's going to pull through. I, I feel it. With a mustache like that, how could he not? <laughs> it's only it, like we, we talked for like 15 minutes before jumping on here and no internet issues of, at all. And then, of course, the first None. minute we're talking to Ken, <laughs> he breaks up here. Oh, <clears throat> there we go. Are you back? Let's. He's muted, muted but let's see. Let's let's see if he's back. <laughs> I am back. How much? Right. Uh, yes. How much did I lose? <laughs> uh, we we you were kind uh, of mid mid strengths there. I, I think I think the last okay. thing that everybody I think the last thing that everybody heard was he's nearly perfect on his first reads. <laughs> no, did we lose? And did we again? lose him again? <laughs> I, I think yeah. I think it, okay okay all right cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's that's him. He's 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 a very high upside prospect. The downside to Matt Coral is that he's very erratic and he can lose himself really easily. Um, he starts to get a little bad after his first read. Um, he's not a perfect prospect, and there aren't any of those guys that are going to be perfect prospects in this class. But I think if you're looking at pure upside with the least amount of risk, that's going to be Matt Coral in this class. Well, okay, so I, I guess. We'll, we'll talk about some of the other quarterbacks in a second here, but I guess the, the main question here, do you think Matt Coral is in play at one? I think he's the only quarterback who should be in play at one. Okay. Um, whether or not he is, is going to be all about whether or not Brad Holmes is even looking for a quarterback this year or just trying to shore up other pieces on the team. Ryan, I'm, I'm, I'm teeing it up. Just, I, I know you're probably itching to ask, so I'm just going to let you fly here. Well, I, I have a feeling that going into the season, as you mentioned, Kent, there there were a couple of guys at the top of the draft class uh, when, when it came to quarterback, and one of those had to have been Malik Willis. I know that we had conversations about him uh, last season and going into this year. Um, it, it's been an up-and-down season for Willis. Where do you think he belongs in the quarterback hierarchy of, of this draft class? So the drop-off for me from QB1 to QB anything else is, is pretty significant. It's pretty steep. Um, my official rankings, I think the next ranked quarterback is 20. So the drop-off is about 10 spots. But in uh, ultimately, I only have one first-round quarterback. Malik Willis was my number two. Uh, his play over the last probably four weeks has been pretty poor. Um, he's really started to show a lot of the flaws that he has and the things that he still needs to work on that aren't quite there. Um, he's the best developmental quarterback in this class. He's the guy with the most starter upside outside of Coral. Uh, but he's got a lot of, of wrinkles to his game, and I don't know that he's going to be NFL ready from day one. He's probably going to need a little bit of time. So for me right now, he's still that QB2, but the drop-off is pretty steep from QB1 to QB2. Well, let, let, let's talk a little bit about, because I, I thought that you ran an interesting thread, it, you know, time escapes me these days, but I, I feel like it was maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe a week ago, who the hell knows, but it, it was something along the lines of, you know, once you get past a certain point in the first round, is a quarterback even worth taking at that point? And I, I would like for you to share some of that data with everybody right now, because I see a lot of Lions Twitter that's saying, you know, hold off, grab the edge rusher at number one, and then you can get a quarterback with the Rams pick, or you can get a quarterback with the Lions top second round pick, or, you know, whatever it may be. So, so share with us some of, some of your findings from, from that data that you ran with, with quarterback and the success rate. 
Yeah, it's it's not great at all. I mean, people people like to put everything into a nice little bucket about where you should take guys and what you should spend your resources on. And I always blame Madden because Madden seems to, to bring out a lot of the, oh, this will <laughs> totally work type of people out. Uh, but ultimately, teams are, look at quarterbacks as either being a franchise quarterback or just not being one. And that's generally the best way to look at it. A guy is either worth taking in the very top of the first round or he is not worth taking in the first round at all, frankly. Um, the hit rate in the top of the first round is about one in three. The study that it was very conservative, I dropped off guys that some people probably would have would have kept, and that was intentional. Um, a lot of Bengals fans were really mad because I didn't I didn't include Burrow as a hit because he's been, he'd been injured. He had he'd only played exactly 16 games at the time. They were very mad about that. <laughs> but I was intentionally being conservative. I was trying to look at you know what what would make this the least uh, comparable option. So I made it as low as I could. And it still only ended up being about one in three to hit on a quarterback in the top 16 picks of the first round. When you get to the second half of the first round, it's only about a 17%, I think it was, hit rate among quarterbacks. Um, it's very bad. It's less than two, yeah, less than two, wow. less than two, yeah, less than 20%. That's not great. Um, and if you look at it more granularly, it's even worse because two of those hits were the same team and they were both the Ravens, which is one of the best drafting teams in the NFL. And the third one was the Packers who had Favre and drafted Rodgers. So it, it looks worse when you look at it. Day two is not much better. It's about the same hit rate as the latter half of the first round. Um, if you're going to take a quarterback um, in day one, day two, and you don't take it with that first pick, I'd rather take one of the second round than the end of the first round. Just the math works better that way. Um, if you're going to take a quarterback in the third round, you should have taken a different position. And that's that's all the numbers tell you. Um, everybody will always point to Russell Wilson and say, oh, Russell Wilson, you, you got to remember Russell Wilson. You know why people remember Russell Wilson? Because he is the only hit in the third round <laughs> in three decades or so. However long back I went, it was 20, 20 something years. Um, teams just don't hit in the, in that round. They're, they're, they're either getting their franchise guy or they are not. And that's where the conversation needs to start and end for me is you're either you're either getting that guy with that first pick or you are probably punting the pick to the next class. I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because I've been tooting that horn for a while. Just philosophically, it doesn't really make sense to me, honestly, because if you're if if you think your guy this guy is going to be your franchise quarterback, quarterback's the most important position. So you grab it right away. You don't you don't play games, you don't say well, we can probably get this. No, he's, if he's your guy, get him period. And I don't care. I don't care if they think Malik Wills is their dude and they get him first and that, and, and they take him first and surprise a hell of a lot of people. That's fine because that they believe that's their guy waiting and, and trying to grab Malik in the second or 32 or wherever the, the Rams picks ends up being philosophically doesn't make any sense, but a couple of people in chat are, are wondering what were you defining as, as a hit there? Like you mentioned that the, it was obviously a, a pretty strong, um, it, they had to hit some sort of high yeah. bar to, to, to make it, but I'm just kind of curious what, what was, I went part? through, I went through every single quarterback drafted in the last 20, 20 something years. And I basically just looked at, did they become a quality NFL starter or not? Now that's a pretty vague term a quality NFL starter. Um, for me, it was a player that you didn't try to replace every chance you could. <laughs> and there was just a lot of guys that fell into that category that were pretty good. Um, but they were still trying to replace that guy every chance that they could. 
Um, you know, and I, I got, I got a little flack for some of the guys that counted as hits because of that as well. Like Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton was picked in the second round and he was loathed by Bengals fans forever, but he also played for the Bengals for whatever it was, 14 years or however many years he played for him. You know, he wasn't a short-term guy. They had him for a very long right. time. And even if he wasn't great, he was productive over that period of time. Um, but again, I tried to err on, on the conservative end of that. So if there was ever any question of it, I would always be like, well, I guess I'm not counting that guy. Um, let, let's talk about some of the other quarterback prospects, kind of where you have them ranked uh, in, in your hierarchy. Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Carson Strong, are, are those kind of the next three guys after, after uh, Coral? Yeah, Kenny Pickett is a very interesting case because he's the same guy he has been for the last five years. He's been playing college football since 2017. Right. Uh, the biggest question about him is going to be hand size. His hands are tiny. Like Jared Goff has one of the smallest hands in the NFL, and Pickett might be a half an inch to an inch smaller than Jared Goff's hands are. He's got the nickname, you know, Kenny Two Gloves because of that, because he wears gloves, which might bring back some poor memories for Lions fans who remember when Matt Stafford had to wear some sure. gloves. Yep. Um, Sam Howell's an interesting one because he has his supporting cast. It drives me insane. <laughs> I, I don't I don't remember watching a, a quarterback who had this many drops this often. Um, he definitely regressed from last season when he had much better weapons to work with. Um, he's got a lot of tools, but he's a risk taker, and risk takers get bit when they – don't play well. You know, that's, that just happens. Carson Strong's a really strong passer. Strong. I hate that his name is strong. <laughs> I think we lost you again, Kent. Are you there, Ryan? Did you do it? Did I get for me? Oh. Uh, at least some of it was, was I think overreacting at the time. Now that we know. That's no, sorry. You're good now. It's my okay. fault. That one was on me. <laughs> No worries. Uh, Mac Jones, I was talking about how Mac Jones, you know, got a lot of flack for not being very mobile last year. And some of that was deserved. And some of that is probably a little bit overreaching. We're going to have to go back and look at what we were wrong about with Mac Jones in the off season. But Mac Jones was criticized for not being mobile enough. The criticism with Carson Strong is he has, that he is not mobile full spot, full stop. He's just, he's just not, he doesn't move when he's on the field. That's a concern. Um, the drop-off after those guys, though, is even steeper than the drop-off from, from Matt Coral to that group. It gets really muddy really quick. You get a lot of guys with really good athletic traits, so you're going you're gonna to hear me talking about Desmond Ritter, Grayson McCall, if he, gets, uh, if he ends up declaring, uh, Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky. It's just a great name. That's I don't know that he's going to test name. I don't know if he's going to test well. I just wanted to drop his name in there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's a lot of really good guys in that, in that third tier that make really good developmental prospects. And that's a benefit for the Lions because they need that kind of guy also. True. You know? So I, I, I ultimately think that the Lions are either going to get their guy right away or they're going to get a day three guy to develop. Well, let, let's jump to that first overall pick. And I'm, I'm interested in talking about, I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau seems like the consensus number one, but I see, and this might just be a regional thing. I've seen some people talk Aiden Hutchinson up as a potential guy that, that might be just as good. I mean, maybe, maybe even a little more productive this year, but um, is, is, is there really a, a competition to you for that one spot between those two? Not for me. I see why people like Hutchinson. Hutchinson's a fantastic talent, and you're not going to hear a whole lot of people talking down about Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's the, the big concern coming into the season was, was he athletic enough to be an NFL pass rusher, which was 
ludicrous for people <laughs> like me that follow metrics and pay attention to the guys that are coming out because there's no question the type of athlete that Aiden Hutchinson is a very good one. Um, the, the thing with me and, and Kayvon Thibodeau versus Aiden Hutchinson is that Kayvon Thibodeau is everything that Aiden Hutchinson is, but a little bit better in most things. He's faster than, than Hutchinson is. He's uh, more explosive than Hutchinson is. We talk about production, but that's only really if you're looking at sacks. If you're looking at things from a per snap basis, Thibodeau is significantly more productive than Hutchinson is while getting more pressure. There's nobody opposite Thibodeau that's causing any problems. And yet Hutchinson has David Ajabo on the other side. Sure. He's got a good defensive front that's, that's taking some of that pressure off of him. He doesn't face the kinds of pressures that Thibodeau does. Thibodeau's getting much of the same stuff that we saw with Chase Young when he was at Ohio State and Miles Garrett when he was coming out, where a lot of teams just slide protection right towards him and try to take him out, and he still barrels through it most of the time. He gets pressure on almost 20% of his snaps, <laughs> which is absurd yeah. for, at, at any level. Um, but his one of his best games was against UCLA, and he was playing against good offensive tackles, NFL-ready offensive tackles who are going to be drafted this year. No slouches that he was going against, and he was just ripping them apart like they were nothing. Um, I think he's fourth on the team in snaps in for Oregon's edge rushers. He doesn't even have that many snaps on his own team. They limit how much they keep him on the field um, because of the specialized role that he has. And yet he still has, I think it was the 20th highest uh, pass rush pressures in the nation, despite not even having the most snaps on his team and missing a couple of games. He had an ankle injury to start out the year. And he's still one of the most productive pass rushers in, in college football. Um, for me, it's, it's Thibodeau at one. Hutchinson's a top five player. And if the Lions get Hutchinson instead, you're not going to hear me complain about it too much, probably a little bit. Um, <laughs> I got to complain a little bit, of course. Um, but it's a you know, any, but it, 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 he's still going to be a productive player. I, I think Hutchinson has a very long career as a pass rusher coming up for him. Go ahead, Jeremy. Well, I, I was about do you do you have a question there? We can we can head to break, and when we come back, we we're gonna we're gonna kind of do a lightning round here with with live questions from our Twitch audience. Which, as a reminder, if you're listening on the podcast. You got to watch live. Not only would you be able to see Kent's beautiful mustache, but you'll get to ask him questions uh, right from, from the chat. Do you, do you have one yeah. question before we go, Rye? Yeah, I, I've, I've got one more, Kent. And um, it has to do with that pick that the Lions are going to have in the back end of the first round. And this all kind of started up with today. Um, you know, I saw a mock draft that came from uh, the draft network. And they had something along the lines of, you know, uh, a tackle who could play guard. Do you think in terms of just value and, and I'm talking about at the back end of that first round and, and I know it was a mock draft. So, I mean, there's, there's so many wide receivers that went and, and this, that, and the other thing, and it's so situational and it's so, it, it, you know, it needs context, but in, in terms of where the lions are and historically in terms of drafting a position like guard, is that somewhere that the lions should be targeting uh, at the end of the first round, or do you think that they should be allocating their resources in, in a different way? In terms of general value, I think it's perfectly fine to take a guard if they're rated that high. The guard that we're talking about is Ike McQuanu, who's fantastic. He, he plays tackle currently. He played guard in 2019. I think he took over in tackle during the season in 2020. I don't recall exactly, but 
Um, he's doing really good in college at tackle, but he's probably going to be a guard in the NFL. And he's one of the best guard pro- prospects I've covered in the last couple of years. He would very much be worth a first round pick at the end of the first. If the lions really needed a guard, this team has way too many needs and guard is just not a high value need. And I don't think that that's going to be what they address with that pick. I don't think that should be what they address with the pick. Um, a lot of people want to get rid of Itai because of the contract that he got and not quite playing up to it, but he hasn't been as bad as you would need to jump out and get a first round pick for a team that has this many needs. I mean, you mentioned wide receiver. There's also safety and linebacker and wide receiver. Keep going. You know, Keep so, going. Many, so many needs. Corners, <laughs> um, yep. All right. Well, then we will take that break. Uh, when we come back, questions from our live audience, including some maybe potential targets there at the end of the first round, top of the second. So stick with us on our special edition of Draft Talk podcast right here on the POD cast. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we are back here on our midweek mini podcast, 2022 NFL Draft Special Edition with our buddy Kent Lee Platty from the draft. I almost, oh, Pro Football Network. I almost, oh, Pro Football Network. Yikes. Uh, almost a big mistake there. But uh, second segment, we are devoting it all to draft talk from our Lions fans asking questions. I'm going to read some from the chat, but Kent, you said you got one from Twitter that you want to talk about. So let's start with that one. Yeah, we've already we already talked about one of the questions I got, but I, I got a really good one. Um, I was asked what what safety in the draft do I think would pair the best with Tracy Walker? Now, this is assuming that Tracy Walker is back. Right. Um, I have watched a bunch of safeties from this class, but I haven't really thought about it in that particular phrasing because I'm I'm focusing more generally on the draft. Um, I did talk it over with some of my buddies, and I went and looked at the guys again. And I have a, I have two names that I want to throw out, neither of which are first round guys, at least not right now. They're both day two guys, I think. Um, Lewis Sign from Georgia, um, really hard hitter. If you want to see about 30, 30 seconds of really good fun, you can go watch his hit on Kyle Pitts from last year. Um, it was not the cleanest of hits, <laughs> uh, but it was a very hard one. And I think that that particular hit kind of took away from how good he is at playing safety. He's a very good coverage player. He works well in the box. 
Um, the other one was Jalen Catalan from Arkansas. Jalen Catalan is a, a redshirt sophomore. I'm not 100% certain he comes out this year. I feel pretty confident that he will even be in that, that low of an underclassman uh, because he's well thought of. He's extremely fast, extremely rangy, very good cover guy, uh, plays the deep part of the field really well. I would be really intrigued to see how Aaron Glenn uses Catalan with somebody like Tracy Walker because you can use both of those guys both deep and in the box. And I feel like it would open up a lot of really interesting coverage schemes, having two safeties like that, that could, that could work really well in tandem. Um, sign is very much uh, the opposite. You'd probably have Walker back a little bit more and sign up, but the same type of concept, you can do anything with those types of guys. Um, so those would be two guys that I would look to try to pair with Walker if he's back. Nice. All right. Um, let's take one from our chat. Uh, Uncle Indigo, very, very easy, basic question. Who are your top three prospects? Uh, my top three prospects in order would be uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, Kyle Hamilton, and Evan Neal. Uh, Evan Neal is a tackle out of Alabama, so he's probably not much of a, an option for the Lions. Kyle Hamilton's a safety out of Notre Dame, and if you haven't watched him, he is probably the second best at worst safety prospect to come out in the last decade and a half. Um, very much in that conversation of would you take him at one if you didn't have Thibodeau there, Hamilton would be a safety in that conversation, which is unheard of. You don't usually right. hear that type of conversation. Um, and then Thibodeau, we talked about a little bit earlier. So um, Thibodeau is just a, a fantastic pass rushing talent. Do you, do you have any moral objections to a safety that high in the draft? I, because I have Thibodeau higher, I would, I would take Thibodeau, but I, I don't have any moral objections. So there's a, a lot of value questions you can come into right. picking a guy, a safety at one. Um, I don't think he provides as much value as a, an elite pass rusher would, but Hamilton is such a talent that he's going to be a good player. It's hard to imagine a scenario he's not. All right, let's jump to another question here. Uh, which positions do you think the line should target at the end of the first round and beginning of the second? Uh, easy one. Wide receiver is the clear favorite. And then obviously the lines have a big need at wide receiver. So that makes a lot of sense to try to go after wide receiver linebackers. Another one, the Lions should look into um, Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean, Devin Lloyd from Utah, Nicobe Dean from Georgia. Um, they might both go before the lions get to their second pick. But if one of those guys happens to be there with that second pick, it's one of those sprint to the podium type of moments. Uh, safety is another one that a lot of people are going to are, are going to pin for the lines because they have such a big need there. Yep. But I don't really like uh, Jordan uh, Jordan Battle, Brandon Joseph. I don't really like them quite as much at that end of the first round range as I would with their next pick at thirty three. Um, one name to watch out for though, if they do pick a safety and he lasts that long, is Daxton Hill out of Michigan. As much as talk as we get for Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Daxton Hill is going to contend with Jeremy Chin for that, that 10 overall Raz this year. He's mm -hmm. an, a ridiculously elite athlete. Um, one of the best athletes in the country from a physical standpoint. And all he had to do was play a little bit better this year to be in that first round discussion. And he's played phenomenally this year. Um, the only safety playing better than him right now is Kyle Hamilton. Can I uh, follow up with a uh, quick question of my own, Kent? Uh, yeah. You, you know, you, you mentioned wide receiver, which is obviously a huge need. The Lions don't have their number one or their number two receiver from when this season started. And quite frankly, they're on, you know, Josh Reynolds at this point. So 
who are your who are your top wide receivers and who do you think is probably the best fit for the Lions in terms of like an outside guy? Because it seems like they really need one of those outside players, especially, you know, you mentioned off the air, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown seems like he can naturally fill that that slot position for them. Yeah, my top wide receiver is Chris Olave. Um, most people have either Olave or his teammate here at Wilson as one or two. And I think it's mostly just a preference for, for which kind of guy that you want. Olave uh, reminds me a lot of Donald Driver. Um, that's going to seem like a knock to some people because Donald Driver was a career wide receiver too um, for the Packers, but he played forever and put up thousand yard seasons all the time. Right. He was a very physical player. He was a very athletic player. You could do pretty much anything you wanted to with him. So it's, it's praise, not, not criticism looking at him from that, that lens. Um, for the Lions, if you're trying to find an outside guy and we're looking to end the first round, beginning of the second, the guys that I would look for is David Bell from Purdue. Um, fantastic player, can can absolutely take over games. Um, there are moments where he disappears for a little bit, but when he's on, he is just on and you can't stop him. Um, my favorite receiver in the entire draft, though, is Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. I'm not sure how well he would work with a guy like Jared Goff, but I think he would put the Lions in a very good position going forward where they have a guy that at worst would be a wide receiver two on your team, but could probably take over that wide receiver one spot and put up thousand yard seasons fairly easily with a competent quarterback who has at least the ability to get to the intermediate level of the field. Um, one of my favorite guys in the whole draft. Uh, sticking with wide receivers, uh, one of people in our chat lost the name there. Uh, Dan, the Lions fan wants to know, uh, what about Jahan Dotson? What are your thoughts on him? And do you think he's a potential target in, on uh, maybe in the second round? He's kind of a end of the second round, beginning of the third round type of guy for me. Um, I like Dotson. Um, I haven't watched enough of him to form a, a really coherent opinion one way or the other, but I feel like that's probably the range that he's going to fall into. We have him rated in the mid sixties, I think. Okay. Look. Mid 60s, this is what we have him right, which is the end of the second round to get the third round. Um, he's a little bit of a lighter guy. Uh, I'm not sure how much they want to get another lighter guy. I feel like we want to get somebody that can take a little more contact on the outside. He's a good player, though. He's a very good prospect. <clears throat> um, another person in our chat asks about uh, Jordan Davis, the linebacker out of Georgia. Or I'm sorry, defensive lineman out of Georgia. Uh, <laughs> nose tackle, athletic nose tackle. Nose tackle. Somebody's, yeah. somebody's followed me on Twitter, I could tell. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're wondering if there's any chance the Lions could trade down. And and I guess that <sighs> that, that involves two separate questions. It, are, do the Lions really have a realistic chance of, of trading down in a draft without maybe a, a top-tier quarterback? And if they do, is, is it Jordan Davis a guy that maybe would fit, even though they already kind of have an athletic nose tackle? Yeah. Um, no, I don't, I don't think there's any chance the Lions to trade down. There, there has to be somebody to trade up. And the only reason that's happening is because it's either a quarterback or an offensive tackle that's worth taking that high. Evan Neal's a fantastic offensive tackle. But this is a good off, another good off, a strong off, offensive tackle class, just like there's a really strong edge class. So there's not really a need to draft trade up at either of those positions and there's no quarterback. So I don't see that as a realistic option. I love uh, Jordan Davis a lot. Um, I, I love me some athletic nose tackles and this guy does not move like he should for his weight. He is, he is insanely athletic and he's like 340 pounds. Um, Vita Vea was the comp that I had for him. I don't like comps a whole lot, but when we're talking about gigantic athletic guys, there aren't any, there isn't anybody else that I can point to that can move the way he does at that size other than somebody like Bea. 
Um, if you're looking at a, a guy that size and you drop your head to snap the football and you look back up, you would expect him to be in the same place and not four feet over to the side because <laughs> he waited for you to look down and jumped over. And now you, you're, you're hitting a wrong angle on him. Jordan Davis is insane. Um, I don't think the Lions even have that need, but I would love to have him on my football team. <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, who is a player you think is going to be awesome that is way too low on draft boards right now? Gosh, that's a really good question. Do you have a, a sleeper? It's weird to even ask for a sleeper when people aren't, yeah, people aren't <laughs> really talking about the draft as much as Lions fans are, but... That's a hard one, man, because there's, yeah. there's so many really good players. And as, as much as I've, I've gotten into the draft this year, I haven't been able to. You know, I'm going to go back to quarterbacks because I've covered them the most. Sure. Um, I mentioned Jake Hayner because he's just fearless and it's fun to watch a guy that just doesn't give a damn about pressure. Um, but one of the guys that, that I really got into is uh, Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky. Uh, very productive quarterback, has a really good arm, very accurate, not the most mobile guy. So you, you probably wouldn't think he would be one of my guys that I, I like at quarterback. Um, but Zappi's one of those guys that does just enough at the areas he's weak on that he can get by. And he's good enough in areas you actually need him to be at quarterback to justify taking a late, a, a day three pick on him and try to develop him into something. Um, I don't think the Lions are, are getting a, a surefire starter in Bailey Zappi if they took him. Western Kentucky can be a little bit gimmicky on offense. They've got, they're one of those very wide open type of schemes. Um, but he's got a lot of really good developmental traits. And I don't think people are really up on Bailey Zappi yet, and they should be. A couple more quarterback questions in the chat here. Let, let's start with, and this is, this is really going to piss me off. We're going to talk some 2023 NFL draft. If the Lions skip out on a quarterback, who's a guy you like the following year? So we're kind of in the same situation as we are coming into 2022, where the 2023 class doesn't look all that strong. Um, there's a couple of guys at the top, just like there was coming into this year, that, that could take that extra leap, talking about Bryce Young out of Alabama and C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. Um, both of those guys are, are looking really good coming into the year. But a couple of other guys that we expected to be really good just completely tanked. DJ Uyangalele from Clemson was expected to be one of those top-tier guys and just fell off a cliff. Um, Spencer Rattler is probably going to transfer from Oklahoma to a different school, and if he takes off again, he'll probably jump himself right back into that conversation, assuming that's how everything plays out. Right. Um, you know, sometimes guys just have a bad, bad couple of game stretches, and if you get benched and the guy – next the next guy up plays really well then you're probably not getting your spot back um one guy to, to keep an eye out for um is grayson mccall out of coastal carolina um he could declare this year i don't think he does but he could declare um he's got a few things that he needs to work on but he is a a top tier level athlete from a physical standpoint has a really good arm um, extremely mobile, good vision coming in and out of the pocket. He's got a good sense for pressure. Um, he's probably going to come into the season as my QB three, Grayson McCall is behind Stroud and Young. And if he takes that next step, he could be right up in there in that conversation. Uh, next question, and this will be one that Ryan – Ryan might be lefty Detroit. I'm not entirely sure. But he says, I've seen a few mocks where Willis falls out of the first round. What are the odds you think of that happening? And if so, do you think the line should maybe take a shot on him in the second? 
uh, fairly high at this point. Um, I talked earlier. I love I love Malik Willis, but he's he's really started to show that some of those things he needed to work on haven't quite gotten to where they need to get to. Uh, I think there's a fair chance, better than 50-50, I would say, that he drops out of the first round. Um, I don't like the odds of drafting a quarterback in the end of the first round or in the second round, and definitely not the third round. But if you've got to pick one of those three areas to pick, it would be the second round. And if he's sitting there, they're sitting there at 33 and they've already taken a receiver and Thibodeau and they take Malik Willis at 33, I would be okay with that. Now, I, I just want to follow up and to clarify, I'm not lefty Detroit, but <laughs> would, would, would you be fine with that, Kent, just because of what you mentioned earlier about him as a developmental player like he 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 has the greatest room to grow of any of these quarterback prospects like if the Lions took Kenny Pickett at 33 you'd be like we know who Kenny Pickett is yeah exactly and it you know that's the problem with Willis is that he came into the year with that oh he's got all these traits he's got all these tools and now the year's almost over and that's still kind of what we're saying we're not talking about all the ways that he's grown and all the ways that he's developed even Sam Howell who, who tanked his stock quite a bit this year we're able to look at Sam Howell's mobility and be like, he's improved a lot in that area. He's been able to show that he can run, show that he can use that vision a little bit better to actually get some yardage on the field um, where he was leaving yardage on the field the previous season. But with Willis, he's still kind of the same guy and you really want to see more out of him. Um, but all those tools are really enticing. He has a fantastic build. No, no quarterback in this draft class is built like he is. Um, he's, he's a stockier. We always talk about those guys built like a running back. He legitimately is built like a running back. He's, he's a thickly built guy. Um, he's got a great arm. He's able to throw with really good accuracy and throw on and off platform. It's just, he hasn't been able to put everything together. I I love all of his tools and that would be why I'd be okay with it. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to drift into a category that, that I hate even more than early draft talk. And that's early draft running back talk. I know, I know you've talked about it uh, in our Slack a couple of times. You think the lines might go running back at some point in the near future. Obviously the the guys that they have, even Swift included, not necessarily long-term pieces here. Um, Who's a guy that you think the lines might like in this draft. And then I also wanted to talk about Kenneth Walker and maybe where, where you think he might go. (laughs) Kenneth Walker, RB one. I'm in that camp fully. Um, I think we have him ranked as RB2 under Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M and above Brees Hall from Iowa State. Um, I have him above both those guys. Kenneth Walker's a first-round pick, in my opinion. If a team has the luxury of a roster that can handle taking a first-round running back, it should be Kenneth Walker. And um, I'm not saying that because I live 15 minutes from state campus. I'm saying that because I've seen him play, and if you do, you'll agree. Um the Lions, though, I don't think they take that. My my guy at running back has been Tyler Allgaier from uh, BYU. I know I'm mispronouncing his name. I've heard it correct. And some there's a blank spot in my brain. Can't get his name right. Um, but he's he's a really athletic player. I love athletic players, obviously, but um, from a from a pure athletic traits standpoint, what makes him stand out is the ability to change his gait as he's running and go from those short stutter steps that you need when you're inside a phone booth, trying to break yourself through traffic and get yourself small. And he's able to break into those big long strides when he gets out in the open field to cover vast distances quickly. Um, One of the better body control type of running backs in that regard, and that he can control how fast he's going at any given moment, how quick his steps are. I love, love watching him play Um, probably a day two guy. 
Um, sincere, McCormick, sincere McCormick out of UTSA, awesome name. Um, also one of the better, more productive running backs in this draft class on a team that nobody expected to be good. That's been fantastic this year. Um, UTSA doesn't, they're, they're not a bad blocking team or anything, but he's forced to do quite a bit on his own and he's able to produce whenever he's put in those situations. Uh, I would think you'd be a little bit redundant with how they use Jamal Williams on their offense and, and some of the situations that they put him into. But from a long-term perspective, a guy like Sincere McCormick helps your football team. That's more of an early day three type of guy, but um, another guy I think the Lions would really like. The other one that I had just went back to school, so I, I don't get to talk about him, which was Mo Ibrahim from Minnesota. So Yeah, he suffered that injury in the early in the season. Yeah. Didn't so. like seeing that. Um, uh, Wisconsin Lions fans asked, what do you think of Graham Mertz from Wisconsin? Will he ever amount to anything? Um, so I, I don't much, and I know that sounds kind of dismissive and it kind of is, um, Mertz has enough traits to get himself on people's radar. Um, once you start watching him, his wrinkles just show up too much. There's just, there's just too many problems with this game. I always talk about, about balancing risks and, um, having a guy with few flaws is better than having a guy with a couple of elite traits and a couple severe flaws. Um, Mertz is not a guy with few flaws. That's, that's what I'll say about him. Uh, I like this question from Krolik. Let's, let's, let's stick to the first three picks. What is, what is a perfect draft for you for the lions in the first three picks of the draft? Uh, so the first pick would be Thibodeau. I think that's, that's kind of penciled in as that first pick for the Lions. Second pick, I would really like to see a wide receiver or a linebacker there. If Devin Lloyd or Nicobe Dean fell to the Lions second pick, that would be a perfect one to get Thibodeau and then getting somebody like that, because you're covering so many deficiencies on defense all at once would be a huge pickup for the team. Um, if they don't get one of those guys getting a wide receiver like Jalen Tolbert, Jameis Williams out of Alabama, Drake London um, out of USC, or David Bell out of Purdue would all be really good options with that second round. That third pit gets really murky really quick because it depends very much on what those first couple of picks are. Sure. Um, I'm not sure where I would go with that. I looked at guard a few times and people got really mad because they're like, Oh, we don't need to be taking a guard. It's the third round. That's your, that's your money spot for guards. Um, but I don't really have a good guard to throw in, in one of those positions. So I look more at safeties, which is where we have Jalen Catalan, Louis sign. I think sign will probably go a little bit earlier. So let's say Jalen Catalan with the third pick. So one would be Thibodeau. Two would be either, uh, either Lloyd or, or uh, Dean at linebacker or one of those couple of receivers that I named. And then that third pick would be a safety like Catalan. Nice. Uh, Brian, you got any, any questions before we, we wrap things up here? I, I don't, I, I feel like I'm a, uh, a very wet sponge right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Absorbing <laughs> all that good draft info that we'll have to carry over for the next five months until the NFL draft. <laughs> God, I, this football team, man. <laughs> Ken, uh, before we let you go, I want to give you an opportunity to, to talk about what you guys are doing over at Pro Football Network because there's a lot of things that, that are kind of amazing over there that I'm not sure everyone knows about yet. So uh, so the floor is yours. Yeah, of course, everybody can always get me on Twitter at Math Bomb, and we've got a long time to talk about the draft, guys, and I'm always about talking about the draft. Ask me questions, ask me about players. If I don't know them, 
I'll probably say I don't know him and then go watch him. So that gives me an opportunity to learn about guys maybe I haven't had any exposure to. So be, be aware, go do that. Um, the work that I do over at Pro Football Network, I, I maintain their mock draft simulator. I do all of our rankings every week. We have a really talented group of guys that do write-ups for, for players and do scouting reports. Last year at this time, we had very little in terms of written up scouting reports. We've got almost 300 or over 260-something now uh, full scouting reports that we've already got up on the site. Those can all be linked to from the, the simulator itself now. So you can, if you pick a player, you can go pick it up and go look at that guy. Um, I don't usually talk about stuff I'm developing because we're, we try to keep that stuff quiet. But one of the things I've been working on is, is something I've been developing because of how I interact with people on, on Twitter and with the draft, which is the whole grade my draft type of stuff. People always want to know how their draft looks. Um, one of the things that we've been playing around with not being able so much to grade the draft, but being able to provide constructive feedback on a graph programmatically. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I've been working on lately, trying to find a way to make that work. I've got a couple of avenues that might, might make it work for next draft cycle. Um, but it's your guys's feedback and the, the people that I interact with, it really helps me pull that kind of stuff out. Cause otherwise it's just an idea. And if it's an idea and nobody cares about it, it, happens and no one cares right. but if it's people that, that ask for things and we provide that kind of feedback it really helps coming up with ideas and trying to find new ways to get fun tools that people can use during the draft season so keep an eye out for that stuff and of course you can always find me at my website which is raz.football um, you can always go there to check out any of the players that you want to look up and see their athletic testing. It's compared against players from 1987 all the way to the current year. I'll be doing that again for 2022. Um, I have an intern now, so I'm not doing it by myself <laughs> this year, which is the first the first time. Um, his name is Eric. He's awesome. So uh, any of that stuff you want to you want to reach out about, do so. I'm always up for talking football. Well, Ken, always love when you can drop by and talk to us. I know we're going to talk to you at least a couple more times before we hit that April draft, but awesome information, math bomb on Twitter, pro football network, make, make sure you check it all out and appreciate you all for listening. We'll be back soon for more podcasty goodness, talking about draft, talking about the lines, all sorts of fun stuff right here at pride of Detroit, but until next time it's chaos. Be kind. Be kind.